Support for this episode of Inside the Natural State is provided by Argenta Nutrition. Located in North Little Rock, this locally owned spot is continuing to help you stay healthy even during quarantine. Now offering curbside service as well as deliveries in the North Little Rock and surrounding areas. Looking for a customized meal plan? They got that too. They've even got customized virtual workouts to help you burn off all that pent-up energy you have from social distancing on your couch. Give Alicia a call at 501-508-9991 or follow them on Facebook by searching Argenta Nutrition. Welcome, everybody, to Inside the Natural State's bonus episode this week. Here I am, Steve, your host, and my buddy Andy here with me as well. And joined for this little bonus episode, we are joined by Jackson Collier of uh, Hogball Blog. Uh, how you doing today, Jackson? I am doing even better with this whole transfer news. Yeah, absolutely. Big news, man. We'll get into that here in just a second. So that news just hit uh, just within the last couple of minutes while we were chatting back and forth about doing this thing. So uh, big news. I'll let you jump in on that and tell us about this new transfer. Okay, Vance Jackson from New Mexico, immediately eligible grad transfer, started his career at UConn. It was a top 50 recruit out of high school. Finished his last two years at New Mexico, 6'9", 220 pounds, averaged 11 points and five and a half rebounds a game, shoots 35% from the three-point line. Like I said, immediately eligible, provides a lot of much-needed size and athleticism and another outside shooter for the basketball team. He's long, he's athletic, and he's a good defender as well. I haven't had time, like we said, this kind of just broke. I haven't had time to go through and watch any of his film in depth yet, but um, definitely looks like a solid defender, uh, can run the floor, athletic, decent ball handler uh, from what little I've seen. So look forward uh, to diving into more of his film. But, man, this is a much needed and a very good pickup for the team. Yeah, no doubt. So safe to say that Muss is in love with these guys that are big but can – can kind of spread the floor. I mean, you look at a guy like Vanover, who we, we know it's, you know, well-documented how well he shoots from outside. Um, Jalen Williams is another big guy, big-bodied guy, but he can also step out and hit it from time to time. So, And now another one in this Van, in Vance Jackson who can do the same thing. Um, it looks like he's you know been about a 40, 40-ish percent shooter. Um, and on top of that, from, a, from the free throw line, it looks like he's around a 70-ish percent free throw shooter as well. So, Good numbers, good efficiency. This ought to be a good pickup for the Hogs. Oh, yeah. No no question. I think that he's going to step in. He's going to be an immediate starter as soon as he uh, gets to campus. So that begs the question, though. I mean, obviously, we got to start making room. We know uh, J5 um, has, and we'll talk about that a little bit as to, to, on, this, on this episode, uh, Mason Jones announcing or declaring for the draft, although without signing an agent isn't gone for sure yet. Um, but I mean, should we be expecting other current players on this roster to find the, uh, the transfer portal? See, and that's one thing I, uh, I kind of thought about as soon as I saw this news, because our front court, we don't necessarily have a bunch of talent there, but we have a lot of bodies there too. You think you got Vanover, 
Williams now, the incoming freshman. You still have Eola. Uh, you have Ethan Henderson, um, Reggie Chaney. That's five, six people uh, just in the front court. And you know much of the system doesn't lend itself to play more than Last last year we saw him play seven people, but with a talented roster, he'll go nine deep, maybe ten. Um, but you're not going to see all those big see the court at all, um, especially when he's looking for these uh, six four to six six type uh, wings combo guards who can score it, who can handle the ball, and who can play. So you can have a one through four just kind of positionless basketball like we see with with his system. So really, at any given time, you could only be playing one true big on the court. Um, obviously, there will be some sets for mismatches where we'll see two bigs, but I don't really see more than three, maybe four of our post players making a huge impact next season. So that does beg the question, will anyone else leave? And if anyone else does, which I think we're going to see at least one, uh, probably just one, but uh, I, I think we will see one leave uh with this addition so i mean as we talk about that who do you think is the most likely i I mean i thought ethan came in came on pretty well late in the season um and i thought that uh you know i thought you know reggie had his moments but those are the two guys you think of that you know had you know at least played some minutes last year you look at a guy like uh what is he eola um who didn't didn't see the floor um and, and you know so I mean, is that a guy we think we could see see going, um, and and you know, or or more likely somebody got like a guy like Cheney. You know, it really is something that's really difficult to kind of sit here and speculate on, just because you have legitimate plausibilities, I guess, for each for each player. Um, Cheney, I don't. Part of me thinks he is not going to leave because he is arguably the most physically gifted and one of the more talented on our roster as far as our bigs go he just has not put it all together for whatever reason he gets inside his own head or he's in the doghouse and part of me thinks that because he does have those physical tools and he is so talented even if it is raw talent I think he he might stay and try to develop but then there's also the whole doghouse aspect and the fact that he hasn't put it together and the fact that we are bringing in other players he could he could leave I think Henderson uh, for sure will stay. Um, Eola is another kind of wild card because on one hand, uh, he just transferred in. He did his sit-out year, and um, so it wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense for him to transfer after sitting out a year, but it's been done across college basketball before. Uh, but he's also been praised by Musk as being the hardest worker and, and a true energy guy who can still provide some points and get a lot of rebounds. Um so I don't know. It's it's really tough to kind of figure out who exactly would be it. But I think the three main options are, are obviously Chaney, uh, Henderson, and Eola. But I don't know which one I would say I think is leaving right now. Is Do you know, if, is Eola, is he eligible to be a grad transfer? I mean, I know he transferred to his sit-out year, but is he's going he is going to be a senior. So does, would he be eligible for a grad transfer? I think that would I think that's how it would work because he still was enrolled in all of his classes and everything. He just was not eligible to play. But um I think because of the way the transfer rules work, I think he would be a grad transfer if he were to leave. Um 
might have to double check that, but I'm fairly certain that would be the case. See, that's why to me, he seems to be the most likely um, just because of that. I mean, he could transfer and, and play, whereas, you know, he, Ethan or Reggie would have to sit out unless they, you know, get the, the ever elusive uh, uh, waiver from the NCAA. So I, I got to believe that at least Eola would be the option. But like you said, he just got here, transferred in here to play from us. I mean, you know, do you, do you jump ship after being here and sitting on the bench one year and having nothing to prove for that one year you sat here? Right, exactly. So it's a tough decision to kind of to speculate on, but I have to think that at least one of them will be gone. Yeah, I, well, for sure. I mean, just to make the room, and, and, and plus, who knows with what, what's going to happen with Mason at this point. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And before I get to that, before you answer that, I, I, we have not made this public on the podcast yet, but I wanted to say congrats and welcome um, as our newest basketball content writer for uh, Natural State Sports. Thank you so much for having me. I've been on the pod a few times, as you said, and uh, really enjoy writing about the Hawks. So I really appreciate the opportunity to kind of come on in more of an official capacity and uh, just continue covering basketball and Razorback sports for y'all. Well, I hope you enjoyed our sound effects guy over there with his uh, silent clapping. So. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> it went well, I think. I don't know. <laughs> It may sound like something totally different when this thing hits the pot tomorrow, but hey, you know, we'll work with it. It's the social distancing studios. Oh, you, yeah. can, you can barely hear it over there. <laughs> it's newly named, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious, man. Are you, are you enjoying your time of social distancing and sitting around at home? I'll allow you to finish a thesis. Uh, not at all. Not, no, not at all. Not at uh, all. <laughs> No, I haven't left the house in like two weeks other than to go to the drive through pharmacy or go do my Kroger click list and pick up groceries. And uh, my professors are all kind of overcompensating on the amount of work they want to give us since we're not in class. So I'm having to do more work and I'm not going anywhere. So it's just kind of boring and stressful at the same time. Well, you so got more time, time to do it. <laughs> definitely, definitely more time. I, I told my wife last night, I was like, I'm more exhausted now than I normally am any am any other time when I'm working from home. I said because with my two kids here, man, these, these they're exhausting. It's like nonstop all day. Like this is the like that one to two hour time frame where I shove the youngest in his bedroom and say, "Don't say a word for two hours. I don't want to hear you." <laughs> he just looks like he's mad as hell. Yeah, he's he's either in there taking a nap, pooping on the walls, or playing with toys. I don't know. He's doing one of the three. I'll bring my number two. I hope not. <laughs> you can clean it up. I'm not. I'll, I'll clean his ass with a pressure washer. <laughs> That's what you'll need. Oh, man, the joys of children, I tell you. I don't know where I'm getting all these random That's text messages. Joy. You're getting them from Ohio. <laughs> Probably. I'm getting them too. Mine, that one was just like somebody want me to bet on something. I'm like, what the hell can I bet on right now? Like when the Horse coronavirus racing. is going to end? Horse racing. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> So, Sell the weather. Yeah, right. There you go. We're in Arkansas. <laughs> the odds are just as good, I think. So, I mean. Bet on the pollen. That'd be more of a Oh, man. That's getting rough. Is my truck going to be green when I walk outside, or is it going to be gold? Yeah, what, six, seven years ago, I purposely had a green car. Now I have a green truck by accident every morning when I wake up. <laughs> So talking about some of the departures, um, you know, so, so J5 is obviously was the first one to hit the transfer portal um, from this from this squad. 
Um, talk about that a little bit. Were you surprised by that? Um, what do you think Arkansas miss, loses out there? And, and I mean, where do you think he lands? I Honestly, I was kind of surprised by it. Um, just because with, with Mace declaring to go pro, and then obviously Mace declared after the J5 announcement. So this is all just with the benefit of hindsight. But I thought that uh, Mace declaring to go pro, I thought that would open up uh, the possibility for J5 to run a more true point guard uh, type of offense. Because he is a true point guard. Uh, Mason Jones running the point forward and all this. And like I said, I know my timeline is kind of inverted right here. But this was my line of thinking going into it. Like, okay, well, if Mason declares J5 will stay and all that. This before any of the news broke. Um, and that didn't happen. Uh, so I was definitely surprised. I don't know if it's because he just wants to change the scenery, which very well could be the case. Um I think he will be a solid point guard at any of the the schools that he has left on his list. He just cut his list down to five. He has Missouri, Temple, Seton Hall, Georgetown, and Louisiana Lafayette. So he has some quality schools on there. Um, I didn't hear St. John's. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Yeah, he can go straight to St. John's. No, but uh, (laughs) I bet he ends up at uh, either Seton Hall or uh, Temple. And I think he will thrive in that sort of an environment. Um, and I, I think he'll he'll kind of go back to where he was under Mike Anderson here and being a more uh, half-first, true point guard. Because, you know, in, in Razorback career history, he's like number four on career assist-to-turnover ratio. Wow. Um, he, he, I mean, he's up there. He, he's been a good point guard for us, which was why I was kind of surprised. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on this. The reason I was surprised was because of the, you know, obviously it came after, but I mean, you got to figure in the time frame that it happened, most kind of knew what Mason's decision, at least within the team, may have known at that point what was going to happen. So I was a little surprised that he made that move with Mason declaring. Um, but, you know, as we move, as we talk about Mason, you know, um, what – so I can't really find him on any on any of these draft boards. Um, I think NBA draft room or something like that was the only one that I'd seen him mentioned in the rest, um, have Joe or, or neither. So what, what I know he's gotten a lot of love from some, from other writers here over the last few weeks, especially with some writers being really bored and doing a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of scouting. And, and so they're, they're able to put some more stuff out there, but Mason, um, you know, Mason showed up on a few things. He's gotten some love, but what, what are his prospects at the, at the next level? I think Mason will be a great next-level player. Or maybe great is not the, the right word. Great in the sense of great coming from the college ranks. Uh, producing and being at least on a roster, maybe being a role player. Um, I think he could definitely use another year in college to kind of hone his craft. He could try to increase his agility, gain some more athleticism, uh, work on his ball handling. I mean, he, he, he got by because he was good with angles and he creates a lot of contact with his body, but he could always work on his ball handling. He could always work on uh, his on-ball defense and his help side defense. And there's still plenty of stuff for him to work on um, as a basketball player. Um, so I think, well, especially, too, if he comes back and this team is better next year than it was uh, this past year, 
you make a run in the NCAA tournament, he has the ability to showcase uh, uh, more people on a, a larger scale, on a larger stage, uh, potentially create some clutch moments so he could show off his clutch gene that we've seen plenty of times uh, as Razorback fans. So I definitely think that him coming back would be beneficial to him. Um, and I think if he were to come back and be able to play on a better team and it would, it wouldn't be a minimized role. It would be in a reduced role. And the, the difference between the two, at least in my opinion, is, would be he wouldn't have to do as much. So he might not score as much as he did this past year. And his stats might not look as good. But he would be a more efficient basketball player. He would show that he has the ability to facilitate and be more of a team player too because, I mean, he led the team in assists, but he couldn't really be a full-on team player because he had to carry us so much this year. Um, and then making a deeper run in the tournament and playing on a better team and having more eyes on him. I just think it does nothing but help him in the future. So the draft right now is technically scheduled for June 25th. Um, odds are that's going to get pushed back. I know the NBA's talked about pushing that back to August or September. That obviously messes up some timelines, though. So um, when we start thinking about his ability to to come out of the draft, I mean – what is his timeline for that? And, and what's his realistic prospects with really potentially not having a workout? Does that hurt his chances to come back to Arkansas? Because if the timeline goes out too far, is he able to still come back, you know, and be a part, you know, in, in return to the university of Arkansas before classes start with the draft potentially being pushed back to after classes starting? Yeah, I mean, that's just so hard because it's such an unknown. We've, we've never been in this type of situation before, and um, you don't know what the NCAA would do in that sort of a case because you got to imagine if the draft does get pushed that far back that you'll have more more, more, uh, more players that have declared for the draft that didn't find an agent than just Mason Jones who will be in that same boat if it does get pushed back. Classes will have started, and they're kind of in limbo. Um, so that would almost have to require an, an NCAA ruling. Um, but I think as far as anything with the workouts affecting his draft position, I think it, in some sense it hurts and in some senses it helps that he wouldn't have one just because I don't think he would do well in a combine setting, but in doing actual drills or in actual scrimmages and stuff and in meetings with, with teams, he would perform well. So, it just depends on how much stock teams and owners and GMs put into combine versus uh, a scrimmage type setting. But assuming he doesn't get a chance to really work out at this point, and I don't know how they're, I can't imagine that they're going to have a draft without any sort of combine. I mean, at least the NFL is able to have a combine. Um, and so they've got a, they've got a decent idea what they're going to be able to do. But from, in terms of basketball, they're not unless, you know, they push all that back, which obviously it would be the reason they'd push this thing back to August or September. But, you know, that does put kids in limbo that have an opportunity. I just wonder how long he will wait this process out. Um, because, you know, we've talked about this, we, you know, on our Around the Diamond pod last week with Phil Elson um, talking about the, the Major League Baseball side of this. I have this thing on. I don't understand why it's doing that. I have that on no. Do not disturb. My phone's still ringing. But, um, and so, you know, it's it's kind of known that, you know, obviously NCAA is not going to sit around and wait on Major League Baseball to make a decision. And I don't know that they would be able to change anything. So 
the question is, is the NBA or is NCAA going to wait or, or cater to the NBA at this point by, by putting in some sort of legislation or waiver or, you know, something to allow these players a little extra time. But again, that limbo time is, is, is going to be tough. So I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on what do you, I guess, what do you think the percentages are that Mason does come back? Oh gosh. Uh, I, I just honestly don't know because, you know, we, we see it watching Mason that he is such a, uh, a confident basketball player, borderlining cocky, which he backs it up on the court, which it's fun to watch. And I think that translates into Mason as a person. I think he is a confident person and, and always bets on himself. Um, I don't know how much that will way into his decision to come back or not i don't know if he is kind of given feedback and said hey at best right now with the current situation you're a second rounder um or like a late second rounder undrafted i don't know if getting that feedback would make him come back or not i mean it's it's something only mason will know um i've said i think that it would be smart for him to come back and i also think he's confident enough that he might think he might believe in himself and, and always bet on himself, so he might try to do it anyway. I just, I just don't know. But if I were to put percentage on it, I guess uh, I'm going to lean towards 30 to 35% that he comes back. Yeah, I couldn't. I don't, I don't know that I could disagree with that. It's, it's just, man, this is a, this is a, uh, an unprecedented time, I guess is the best way to put it, um, to, to make that bet on yourself when you're going to have so little information and so many unknowns going into this draft. So I'd love to see him back from a, from a personal, obviously selfish standpoint. I think we all would. Um, and, and we know what we have coming in next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, obviously, you know, at some point, if NBA doesn't happen right now, he would have the opportunity to go make money overseas at some point. But again, to me, that's where we go back into this whole idea of this is a huge risk. I mean, with the amount oh, of unknown, yeah. I mean, you know, again, we go back to the baseball situation and guys like, you know, some of these top rated guys, like a guy like Heston Kerstad, um, you know, or, or Casey Martin, you know, or potentially first round picks or, or even Opitz, who's kind of a sandwich guy there between the first and second, maybe your third, um, you know, those guys aren't, they're only going to get 10% of their bonus money up front. Um, and if a guy goes after the fifth round, it's possible they could get two grand as bonus money right now. They can't get more than 20,000. So you can't imagine basketball is going to be a whole lot different in terms of how they're going to be able to do things and some, the way things will change and the uncertainty. So man, to me, that's a massive risk to take knowing how much exposure you're probably going to get next year. Basketball. Well, and also you got to think too, uh, Musk isn't going to stop recruiting. Uh, right now, he's treating that that uh, Mason declaring for the draft as an open roster spot. Um, that spot can easily be filled. So it, that kind of plays into it, too. I mean, if that spot gets filled, he can't really come back unless he, someone else leaves. So let's talk about that from a, from so from the transfer portal, uh, you know, situation. Is there somebody out there that we're looking at that we have a realistic shot at that could be a Mason Jones replacement? Justin Turner at Bowling Green. Okay. We talked about him on, on Monday on the podcast. So Sunday. on Sunday, whenever we recorded, it. it's out this week. Find it. Go find it. Go listen. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, but yeah. So tell us about it. Cause I know we talked a lot about him on on Sunday, but um, 
you know, what's what's your thoughts on on Turner and what does he bring to the table if we can if we can land him here? That's some big shoes to fill. So I was actually one of, or it was the first article I wrote for uh, naturalstatesports.com. If you want to go read it, check it out. I do an in-depth analysis and breakdown of some of our top uh, grad transfers and traditional transfers. One of those being Justin Turner. And my goodness, he is a walking bucket. He is fast, athletic. He can shoot the ball. He can score at all three levels. He's a willing defender, uh, willing passer, has incredible footwork. Um, he would be another incredible addition. Um, I think if you add Justin Turner to the fold with uh, Vance Jackson that we just landed, I think you're looking at potentially one of the best starting fives in the country next year. So saying that, what would just give me an off-the-cuff top five for next year. Or starting as it five. stands right, as it stands right now, and this is without Justin Turner. Obviously, he would be inserted somewhere in here. I, I think I have two different ideas for what I would like uh, with a starting lineup. One would be uh, Vanover at the five, with uh, Jackson at the four, playing a more traditional four instead of having Wit at that uh, that short corner spot at the at the dunk spot. With uh, Moody, Joe, and Note as the three uh, guards out on the perimeter running that positionless area. Um, and that's just as it stands right now. And I think Note and Sills are kind of interchangeable. I think we'll see them alternate some. I think uh, Devo and KK will both see plenty of playing time. And I think one of them will definitely take the starting job, take a starting job by the end of the year, or at least by conference play. Um, another potential lineup I think would be if you want to go more athletic but still keep the spacing aspect of it um, that Vanover provides, you can and you can take Vanover out of the starting lineup and move Jackson to the uh, starting five with Henderson at the dunk spot and then Moody, Joe, Note, and any other guard out there. That just Jackson and Henderson together at the four and five insane athleticism you have henderson at the dunk spot which is probably where he should be as opposed to a true five um jackson can step out and hit a jumper and create the space that vanover provides as well while also being more athletic and being able to switch on ball screens and stuff so does desi just become a sixth man type guy i think i think that's a role that we saw him kind of thrive in at the end of this year and I think he's going to take that and run with it moving throughout his college career just because of the talent that we're bringing in um, both through the transfer portal and through recruiting um, Desi is a fantastic basketball player he still has a lot of room to grow he plays with such grit such heart such determination but I think that is his role and I think he has embraced it and I think he is going to thrive in it for the rest of his career for the most part so what you're saying right now is this uh, rumor that popped up over the last couple of days that Desi may be transferring is a bunch of horse crap. I had someone reach out to me and tell me that as well, uh, that apparently Desi was thinking about entering the transfer portal, but I, I didn't put much stock in it and I still don't put much stock in it. Um, I, it just it would not make any sense to me whatsoever. I mean, Desi 
when he finally embraced his role, finally found that six-man role, and after his shooting slumps to begin the year, he was shooting in the second half of the season close to 40% from the free throw line, and he ended up averaging 10 points a game on the season, but he had multiple games of 15-plus points. So, I mean, he was really thriving in that six-man role. He was playing some of the best basketball of his career, and I think he's only going to continue to grow, and I think he knows that. And you got to wonder, too. I mean, when we start talking about – these guys going to the transfer portal right now. I know grad transfers and all, but I mean, if I'm Desi, I'm going to have to sit out somewhere. Um, anyway, I, I can't imagine going into the portal and then not really being able to be recruited. You can't, I mean, they can talk to you, but you can't go visit. You can't get any one-on-one time with any coaches right now. You can't do anything to, you know, to, to really understand what's going on in that program, you know, from a, from a firsthand you know, point of view. And there's really no outlook of that happening either. So why would you go in the transfer portal at this point when you had a really good role? Go, you know, it's not like he played four minutes a game. I mean, he, he played a lot of minutes. He was a big part of this team, especially late. So I, I'm with you. I, I just, I had a hard time even putting that in the, in the side of any kind of truth whatsoever when I heard it. Oh yeah. I mean, I kind of took it with a grain of salt and, uh, kind of got confirmation from somebody that it was not the case so so any other names in the transfer portal that hog fans should really kind of that we should be paying attention to that arkansas make a run at other than turner um assuming that you know he he he, maybe he doesn't but uh, anybody else outside of turner that we should be looking at so i i know in Mus's philosophy of always having at least one or two players sit out, whether that be redshirt or their sit-out year for transferring or whatever. He likes to have at least a couple players sitting out. So you got to still look at the standard transfer market. And again, it's on the article I wrote on naturalstatesports.com. Um, but I think two of the biggest names that I think are probably at the top of our priority list are uh, Trey McGowan from Pitt and Landers Nolly the second out of Virginia Tech. They are both highly sought after. They are two of the top standard transfers available. I don't know if we land either one, uh, but I think those are our top two priorities as far as standard transfers go. You still have other names. Uh, uh, Dontrell Schuler, who is, uh, I forget his first name, but he has his brother, uh, the other Schuler that plays at Ole Miss. Um, uh, you have a lot of standard transfers still available that are good scorers, a lot of guards. Uh, we'll, we'll be in contact. I think we've reached out to almost 40 transfers at this point. So um, those three names in particular probably for standard transfers. Um, I don't think we land more than another one or two uh, grad transfers. So let's talk a little bit about this incoming class because it's special. I mean, we were waiting – can't wait to get these guys on campus. But my first question, um, is Moses Moody still a one and done? I know that, uh, where was that at? I think I had read something. I think it was Kevin McPherson and I took some screenshots. Um, I got a lot of screenshots here. We've been playing April fool's jokes today. Um, so (laughs) it was, Hey, that was good stuff. You missed out on the group page today on, on, uh, on, we got to get, we have to get you added in there because it was, um, it was entertaining. Will, Will decided to leave Natural State Sports today. 
Oh, good. Yeah. So, um, like seven fifteen in the morning. Yeah. So nobody was really awake. And I'm like, I opened my eyes, looked at it, went, okay, <laughs> we might sleep. <laughs> oh, but it got uh, it got a couple of folks on the team pretty good. So, um, but Moses is right now rated, I guess, according to DraftSite.com, as the number twenty pick in the 2021 class. So, um. Do, is that is this a guy that could be that Arkansas one and done that, that everybody's kind of looked towards? I don't think I can answer that right now. Talent-wise, I think he is. Um, a lot of it depends on his freshman year, too. Um, obviously, he was rated as one of the top, I think, what, top 40 players in his class coming out of high school. Right. Uh, he is the prototypical NBA draft prospect. He's six, five, he's a three and D type, uh, player, um, can drive the basketball, good handles and can only get better and develop under must. Um, again, it's one of those things. I think he ha- definitely has the potential to be a one and done, but it's a matter of a lot of different factors. Does he want to increase that draft? probability and his draft prospects and potentially come back for a sophomore year and be a lottery pick and make more money? Does he want to come back for a sophomore campaign on what is likely to be an even better roster if we just look at numbers and what we expect the growth rate and development rate to be under must with all of these talented players? Uh, what would be a more talented roster to make an even deeper run in the tournament? Does he want a chance at winning uh a national championship or making an elite eight or whatever That's I'm not saying we're expecting a national championship year three. I'm just saying what, what might happen, what might happen or whatever. But these are all kind of factors that would go into his mind. I think to answer your question, yes, he has the potential to be a one and done first round draft pick, but will he do that just because he can be, I don't know because he does have the potential to move up to a lottery pick if he comes back. Right? He could play himself into a lottery position his freshman year. It well, depends on how, how well he plays. Yeah, well, and another question that kind of comes to mind, too, is um, as we start thinking about the NBA draft, how many guys won't declare this year? How many guys won't go pro this year? You know, you'll have guys that could potentially, you know, maybe they know they're not a, a top two-round pick in the NBA, but they would go play international ball but with the question marks of what kind of ball is there, is there going to be internationally after all this is said and done? Um, you know, cause there's been a lot of talks of how this is financially going to impact the NBA and other major sports leagues that we all think about. But I mean, we, I think it's fair to question how this is going to impact international leagues in the, in the finances and those which aren't as strong as the NBA. So then we start thinking, okay, will guys hang around that would typically maybe go play in a pro, whether it be the NBA or another league. Now you have a 2021 draft that could be stacked with even more, more talent that could cause a guy like Moses to fall a little bit and, and forced to come back. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just like we said with, with some of our uh, theoretical uh, type lines of thinking and, and, and debate, it's just such an unprecedented time. We just really don't know what to expect. We don't know when this is going to die down. We don't know how much of an impact this is going to have, whether how large or how small. Um, it's already had a major impact. So is it going to be even more major than it is now or is it kind of where it's going to chill out at for a bit? But it, it's going to be something to see, and it's going to affect a lot of things. Uh 
like we've been talking about, especially draft prospects and all that. Yeah. And so uh, my other thought was KK. So this is a guy that um, I've been doing a little bit more research on. I mean, obviously he's from the state of Arkansas. He's from my alma, alma mater at Bryant um, and, and is a special player. Went to Oak Hill. Um, and I get to get some information. Um, you know, I've got a connection to Oak Hill with Jalen Ricks. So it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on KK though, and how special is KK? And, and I know that he at times maybe didn't get to show off everything that he's, you know, everything that he has and all his tools at Oak Hill at times, just because of the other talent on the roster there, but how special is this guy? And what is Arkansas getting in a guy like KK? I think, KK is probably one of the more underrated scorers in his class. He is probably underrated because of his height and because of the talent that was around him at Oak Hill. Um, he's, I think he's only 6'2", maybe, playing the combo guard slot, but he's explosive. He can hit the jump. He can hit the three ball. He can defend at a high level. I fully expect KK to start by the time conference conference plays rolls around uh, his freshman year. So I wow. think you're going to have fresh. I think you're going to have two freshmen in the starting lineup by conference play, and I think they're going to be more than well enough equipped to handle it. And I think you're going to have KK and Moody both in the starting lineup. So can we expect KK to take the spot from like a JD Note, or do, how do how do you think that's going to work out? I think you're going to have quite the uh, three-man bench rotation. I think you're going to have Note, potentially Vanover, and Silve all coming off the bench to just pack an insane scoring punch. Man, that that's exciting to think about just how good this team can be. I mean, I know you were you know saying, well, that's not the expectations in, in three years, but I mean, the expectations are about to skyrocket if this team hits the hits the you know some of the expectations that we're thinking anyway. I mean, th- you look at what they did this year and, and how talented this this team was, um, and and really what Musk was able to do with the roster at times and and the things he could do. So um, I'm you know I was highly impressed with it. I think it only gets better next year when you start thinking about the amount of talent and really the influx of talent that's coming to to, to the hill next year. Oh yeah, it's uh, especially considering we ended up only playing seven players for almost the entire year, and then there was a stretch for six games where we only played six players. Uh, really, seven if you include Alabama, because Joe played, but he was hurt and played very minimally and didn't do anything while he was on the court. So, uh, just having to play with such a limited rotation, winning twenty games. And then landing this recruiting class, I it's hard to kind of temper your expectations, and it's hard it's hard to not kind of look with some cardinal colored glasses because uh, you you want to say, man, well, he went twenty and twelve with this roster. What's he going to do with all this with talent he's bringing in, both through the portal and and through recruiting? Uh, but we do have to remember that it will be young talent and they, they will make mistakes. Um, but man, it's, it's certainly an exciting time. Well, to I, say the least. I tell you, sitting on my couch, listening to my children fight all day, 
has me beyond excited and my expectations are through the roof for this basketball team. So I have a feeling I'm not going to be the only one that way, especially if things start impacting football season. So um, who knows what's going to happen as we go forward. But man, I uh, appreciate you joining us today. This has been fun. We may have to throw a few more of these bonus uh, bonus pods together just uh, to kill, kill the boredom and give everybody something to talk about. Um, oh yeah i'm looking forward to uh doing more bonus podcasts more podcasts in general since you know got nothing better to do right now absolutely well will told me to make sure that uh you get out and get a uh, story written about uh about our newest grad transfer um asap is expecting to see that on the website yes sir i was uh (laughs) planning on doing that right now awesome man well appreciate it and uh we'll get you on again soon man we'll do this one more time or more uh try to get some more bonus pods out Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, buddy. Appreciate it. Later. I know I gotta keep going. Who's up at five in the morning? Come on.